Welcome back to 60 Questions with Maddie and OM Podcast. In this podcast, we're introducing you to the absolute best doctors and workers' compensation. We're going to talk to them about their educational journey. We're going to learn why they chose medicine and what motivated them. And we're going to talk to them about their unique workers' comp philosophy. So get ready to dive right in. So welcome. And can you please state your name? Deep T. Jane. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for being here and taking time to be with us today. Can you tell us a little bit what your specialty is? Mari, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Um, I'm a spine surgeon with the Centers for Bone and Joint Surgery. And how many years have you been practicing? Um, I'm going on my fifth year of practice. I can't believe it has been that long. Awesome. Well, congratulations to you. And where did you go to medical school? I went to Duke University uh, for medical school. That is awesome. And um, did you take a gap year? No, I went straight through. Um, I did my undergrad at the University of Pennsylvania and then went straight to med school at Duke and then um, completed my surgical training at UCSF for residency and at NYU for spine fellowship. That is excellent. And what was your favorite part of medical school? Oh gosh. <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> question. Um, I think, I mean, people, surgeons often say anatomy lab. Anatomy lab was really fun. Um, you know, as a surgeon, I'm actually going to say I really enjoyed my medicine rotation because I felt like every patient that I saw was a puzzle that I needed to figure out. And I really enjoyed developing sort of an algorithmic way to evaluate patients. And actually, I apply the, that same process when I see orthopedic and spine patients now. Um, yeah. That is good. Did you initially plan to go to medical school? Um, So my dad was a physician. He was an endocrinologist. And so I think I always thought in the back of my head that I would be a physician. Um, I, much to my father's chagrin, did not become a cardiologist and instead became a spine surgeon. Um, I will say I did not think I was going to become a spine surgeon when I started medical school. That was my next question. Were there any other specialties that you were thinking of that seems like it was cardiology for a minute there? Well, you know, my dad wanted me to be a cardiologist. Oh. <laughs> I think I, I think I always knew I wanted to be a surgeon. And so medical school was figuring out like exactly what kind of surgeon. Um, I really like neurosurgery. Um, and I will say now as a spine surgeon, an orthopedic spine surgeon, I haven't strayed that far from neurosurgery uh, because what I loved about neurosurgery was spine surgery. That is so true. And what made you fall in love with being a surgeon and being an orthopedic surgeon? I love working with my hands. I would say that's one really exciting part of surgery is like the physical component of doing surgery. Um, But also what we do as orthopedic surgeons is we restore function and mobility. Um, And it is really rewarding to give that back to patients. That is so true. How long was your training? Um, so medical school was four years, um, residency was five years, and then fellowship was one year. So I guess that's a total of 10 years of postgraduate training. It's a long time. It's a long time. (laughs) So my next question, you might be like, what is she even asking me this? But have you ever considered pursuing any additional, um, degrees? Degrees? Um, no, I don't think so. I'm pretty content being a spine <laughs> surgeon. Um, a, lo- a lot of surgeons actually get to various degrees, MPH, um, MBAs, um, but I like what I do as a spine surgeon. 
I love that. Yeah. I, I know a doctor who he was a physician, became a surgeon and also wanted to become an attorney. So he did both. Yes. <laughs> and he's a um, hand specialist. <laughs> Great. Yes. No, I actually, I, I do know other physicians who also have a JD as well. That's interesting. In your opinion, what is the most unique part of your specialty? Well, spine surgery is incredibly complex. Um, and there's so much opportunity for improvement in how we treat the spine. And I think that's particularly unique to spine as compared to maybe the knee or the hip. Um, you know, we do things in spine surgery and we've been sort of doing them the same way for the most part for the last 30 years. Um, and so I think what's really unique about my field is that um, there's a tremendous opportunity for advancement and improvement in what we do. Um, and one of those um, incremental changes, I would say, it's not like it was a one-time thing, but is really the advent of minimally invasive spine surgery. Um, and I think it's really changed the way that we think about spine care um, to be much more of a, of, of, um, procedures that we do that involve rapid recovery and rapid return to work and activities. Um, and so I think that's been, that's been a, um, one of the best parts about being a spine surgeon and about um, some of the things that are unique to spine surgery. Excellent. And how does, how does a day look like for you when you start your day? Oh, well, it depends on the day. I actually feel like every day is so different. Um, you know, so some days I'm just in the office. Um, where I start seeing patients around eight and end around five. Um, if I have patients in the hospital, I will round on the patient before surgery or before my clinic day. Um, and then I have operating days um, where I spend the whole day in the operating room. The OR usually starts around 730. Um, that being said, you know, I'm really new to South Florida. And so I'm still figuring out what my day-to-day -day <laughs> looks like, um, but it's really fun. Sounds fun. <laughs> What is the highest number of patients you've seen so far in the practice? In one day? Per day and per day, yes. Uh, maybe 25 or 30, somewhere okay. between. That's a busy yeah. day. Yeah, it's a busy I'm day. sure you want to give everyone their time. and. Yeah, yeah. It's a good amount. Um, that's, that's about what I did in my old practice too. And throughout your career this far, what has been the most challenging um, procedure that you have performed? Well, you know, it's interesting because now, and I think this is actually really important, um, spine surgery, I would say, is not challenging for me in a good way. Uh, you know, I am really good at what I do and really confident in what I do. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, from a technical perspective, um, spine surgery has become very routine for me, which is good, actually. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I would say some of the challenges are actually not from a technical perspective. They're not necessarily, you know, what's the hardest, most complex surgery, but it's actually figuring out um, specifically how to manage patients that are just a little bit more complex when it comes to medical comorbidities. Um, so what's really common is I'll see patients that have a problem. Now, this isn't as applicable to the workers' comp population, um, but definitely, you know, in South Florida, we take care of a lot of older patients. So I'll see patients um, who just have a number of medical problems um, and managing those medical problems and getting patients ready for surgery. Um, that, there's a fine line to walk there. Um, and we need to make sure that we appropriately prepare 
people for spine surgery, but spine surgery is a big deal. Um, and so making sure that they can tolerate any potential medical problems that happen. Um, I would say that those are some of the challenges around spine surgery, less about technical things. So you answered my follow-up question. <laughs> so what is what do you find the most rewarding part of your job? Oh, that one's an easy question. <laughs> I mean, it's really getting patients back to their activities as orthopedic surgeons. You know, I don't know if this is my own personal fundamental philosophy. I think a lot of orthopedic surgeons feel this way, but our goal is to get patients back to mobility as quickly as possible. A lot of patients I take care of um, just have difficulty walking. Um, and so our goals are to improve pain, improve quality of life and improve mobility, get patients back to the activities that they want to be doing and get them back to work as quickly as possible. That's so true. Love that. Okay. So now we're going to dive into some lifestyle questions mm -hmm. as we're getting to know you. Um, how many hours do you typically work a week? Oh gosh. I don't even think I can answer that question. Um, <laughs> I'll just say a lot. A lot. <laughs> That's I, a good answer. <laughs> I say that I, there are four things in life that I love doing. And one of those things is working. Um, mm -hmm. And we can go into what the other three things are, but one of those <laughs> things is working. Um, and so, you know, I think if I'm ever talking to a young person, you know, I have a three-year-old daughter, that might be one of the follow-up questions. Uh, <laughs> but the best job one can have in life is when job is not work, but it's fun uh, so and it's rewarding. And so that's how I feel about what I do. I love your answer. I love that. And what's the other two? Oh, well, three. There's three things oh, I love. Tell me. Um, so one is working, and these aren't in a particular order. Um, <laughs> the second thing is spending time with my family, which it, um, includes my husband and my three-year-old daughter, and my mother actually lives in South Florida as well. Um, and then the third thing I enjoy is working out. And the fourth thing I enjoy is going out to dinner with my friends. So typically, I'm I'm usually doing one of those four things. I love that. I like all those things too. <laughs> so what time do you usually wake up? Yeah, usually around five or five 30. Yeah. Make sure you get your workout in the morning. <laughs> I love to get a workout in the morning. Um, depends on how early my workday is starting or you know, sometimes I take meetings at six 30 in the morning. So it just depends on the day, but if I can get a workout in before my workday starts, it's a great day. Do you consider yourself a night person or a day person? A day person, for sure. Yeah, for I sure. go to bed pretty early. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So how much time do you usually take? This is actually not part of a lifestyle question. So I don't know why it's part of a lifestyle question, but I guess I'll ask it anyway, because I've always, this is a good question for me to learn from all the physicians. How long does it normally take you to complete charting? And how much do you like charting? Hmm, charting. You know, I've never found charting burdensome. I know a lot of people think it is, and it's something that a lot of physicians talk about. Um, you know, maybe I'm part of like a younger generation where I find using an EMR to be usually quite intuitive. Um, I'm also really good with my dictaphone. Um, so I try really, really hard. Um, I I almost, I don't know if I ever go home with charts. You know, I complete all my charting before I leave the clinic and I close every patient visit before I leave the clinic. Um, and that's just how I've always run my life. And I just, I haven't thought of, I just don't think of it. You know, it's just part of my regular job. And um, yeah, it doesn't bother me that much. 
I like that. I think that's the first time I hear that answer in this podcast. So that's good. (laughs) I can hear it more from maybe younger generations who grew up with the EMR system. Um, You know, I consider myself in that younger generation. And um, yeah, the dictaphone is really amazing. (laughs) And I think you answered this in conversation, but you said you have, how many kids do you have? I have one kid. Just one? As a little girl? Yeah, she's three. She's the best. Yeah. So do you often, this being a physician, being a doctor, do you often get random medical advice from outside of work, your family, friends? Oh yeah, all the time. (laughs) Especially as an orthopedic surgeon. I mean, the best is, you know, sometimes I engage work-wise outside of uh, my direct clinical practice, whether I'm doing consulting or whether, um, you know, I work a little bit in digital technology as well. And, um, you know, sometimes I'll be working with folks who are not in the medical field per se. Um, and yeah, I'll do like virtual consultations for their family members. Um, super fun. Um, I love doing it. And it's not just for spine, actually. I do it across the spectrum for all of orthopedic surgery. Um, and it, it's fun. That's sweet. Cause not everybody answers that way. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay. So these questions that I'm asking, we're still in lifestyle. Cause they're just trying, you know, for our audience to get to know you, get to know you personally. And this is the whole purpose. So we're going to ask you some fun questions. So coffee, tea, or soda. Um, I like all three <laughs> and I drink all three, like pretty regularly. <laughs> you know I definitely have a coffee, um, almost every morning. And I don't love all soda. I'm very particular, but I do like regular Coke. Okay. All right. This one's a controversial question. (laughs) So do you like pineapple on your pizza? Yes or no? I do not like pineapple on my pizza, but my (laughs) husband does actually. So we always have to get half, half, half of pineapple. (laughs) What type of music do you enjoy listening to in the operating room? I like Sam Smith radio in the OR, but just in general, I'm actually not a big music person. I never really play music if I'm just sitting at home. Um, so, you know, I, I play whatever anyone else wants in the room. I'm not that picky, but yeah, if I had to pick, I would put on Sam Smith radio. Okay. So what is one random task that you excel at? Surgery? <laughs> Besides <laughs> surgery. <laughs> I spent 10 years training on how to be a surgeon. This is actually my philosophy in life. Um, I'm really good at surgery. So I should spend my time doing surgery. I don't know if I have a lot of other tasks that I'm really good at. So that was my next question. Well, my next question is what, what's one random task you do not excel at? Name any household task. I do not excel at that. Needless to say, I have a lot of help at home. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I would say any household task, dishes, <laughs> laundry, cooking. I'm not very good at any of it. <laughs> Do you prefer a quiet night in or a quiet night? I mean, or a night out in the town? Usually more quiet night in, like a mix. I mean, like I said, I love going out to dinner. I love good food. Um, so I love an early dinner, like a 5.30 or 6 p.m. dinner. Yep. Um, and my kid always comes with me. She's really good, even at really night. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we'll go out to dinner and then we'll be home by eight, eight 30. Um, that's probably my perfect night. Oh, so what do you prefer beach or mountains? I like both. I mean, I specifically moved to Florida to be near the beach and I love being by the beach. We go almost every weekend. 
Um, but I also love the mountains. I trained in San Francisco. Um, and I, I love, I love the time I spent there. We would spend my co-residents and I, we would spend the weekends either, you know, running 15 miles up Mount Tam or biking 60 miles in the headlands. Um, yeah. So I have a lot of fondness for the mountains too. <laughs> So we're almost done. We're almost done. If we have a couple more lifestyle questions and then we're almost done. And then we're going to get into some workers' cup questions. Great. So would you describe yourself as an introvert or an extrovert? An extrovert. Okay. I get my energy from being around other people for sure. Oh, that is awesome. And a lot of my other questions when I'm reading them now, I think you kind of answered them in conversation too, because did you aspire to become a physician? Yes, you did, right? At a young age, I believe. <laughs> yes, did you know, though, when you were like, what age did you know that you were? I don't know. I never had one of those moments that said, no, no not really. Um, you know, it's just I was so familiar with the medical space, having a dad who was a physician and my mom's a nurse. Um, so I was always exposed from a really early age. And you know, as you learn more and more about the medical field, I, I think I was stimulated by um, the intellectual pursuit of medicine, um, number one, and then the fact that we're actually doing good things for people at the same time. And I think that that marriage is really rewarding. It almost came natural to you. Like it was just, this is part of you. You're part of your DNA. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really <laughs> I'm so grateful that I have a job where, you know, I enjoy doing it. It's intellectually stimulating and I get to help people at the same time. I mean, I cannot imagine a better job out there. Absolutely not. Um, if, if you could change one thing in the medical field, what, what would that be? Oh gosh. <laughs> um, you know, the, um, paperwork, the administrative burden sometimes just in general across the spectrum can be a little burdensome. Um, you know, we have a lot of staff that help take care of that and take that burden off of the physician, which is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's the way that our healthcare system has kind of evolved over time. Absolutely true. If you're looking back, is there any experience or decisions that you would have changed that influence where you are today? I don't think I can answer that question. I don't think so. I mean, I'm really happy where I am. I so love that. I'm going to say, no. say no for now. You're, the passion shines through. Our audience are not going to be able to see you when they're listening to this, but I can see you and you're very passionate about just the way that you're speaking and about what you do and it all just comes through. So it's beautiful. All right. So we're going to get into some of our workers' cup questions now. And my first question I ask this to all the physicians is, what is your philosophy when you're treating an injured worker? Um, you know, I, so I'm new to Florida um, and I moved from St. Louis where I did take care of workers comp and um, my old practice as well. And to be frank, I mean, I treat workers comp patients like I treat all patients. Um, and oftentimes when I walk into the room, um, I won't know if it's a workers comp patient or a patient with a different insurance. Um, and so I, I use the same philosophy that I use to treat all my patients, which is um, a conservative approach to managing spine pain and spine injuries. And what that means is starting with non-operative care. And if the patient fails non-operative care to consider surgical management and my surgical management as a minimally invasive spine surgeon 
my surgical management goals are to get patients back to the activities that they want to be doing and to get patients back to work as quickly as possible. Um, and like I said, that's a philosophy that I apply to workers' comp patients, but that's not only workers' comp patients, that's across the board. I love that. <laughs> that's the best answer. <laughs> that's what we want to hear from all physicians. And I'm sure all my listeners that are listening, that's what they want to hear. And we appreciate that. Again, nothing really changes when you're seeing that patient. Only thing that changes is that paperwork. But you as a physician are going to see that patient the same way you would see any other patient. So thank you. <laughs> so how do you feel and how does our listeners, mostly adjusters, you know, nurses who are wanting to refer to you or work with your office, how do you feel about communication? I think communication is critical just in general because it'll expedite care for the patient. You know, we all share the same goal. Um, and so we at CBJ have a dedicated workers' comp department to facilitate this, and they are awesome um, and so good at communicating. Um, additionally, I am personally always accessible um, should there be any additional follow-up questions. Wonderful. A absolutely. You guys have an amazing team over here at um, the Center for Bone and Joint. They definitely, I've worked with you guys for a long time and I vouch for that. You guys are excellent in communication. Now that you're new to Florida, um, how how are you experiencing the DWC 25? Are you getting familiar with it? <laughs> yes, I've learned about it. Uh, I'm laughing because um, I shared a story with Marie right before this podcast <laughs> about my confusion initially, um, but I now am, am quite familiar with it. Um, and um, it's, it's an easy way to communicate uh, what the plan is, um, and answer those questions. So, um, yeah, very easy to do. It's not, it's not hard. Not at all. And you're going to be filling out a lot of those because yeah. <laughs> you're going to do amazing in this industry and wait until everyone gets to know you and meet you. So we're almost at the end and I don't have a lot more questions for you, but is there anything that I left out that you might want to share with our listeners that are listening, that are going to meet you soon and start to work with you? I think I would just reiterate my philosophy in patient-centric care and getting patients back to the things they want to do as um, our ultimate goal. Um, I know I've kind of said that, but I think that that's, you know, listening to the patient, what the patient has to say, um, and really making them the focus of care is, is, is really important. Um, and to help them achieve their goals, um, whether it be playing tennis again, whether it be getting back to their job. I mean, for the most part, patients want to get back to their job. They want to get back to their life. Um, and so sharing in those goals and helping patients on that journey um, is really, really rewarding. And, and what I think is, is the most important part of what I do. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking your time out of your busy schedule and for to be here today and talking with me. I hope that you enjoyed your time here today, but thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Marie. You're welcome. Thank you for being part of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and make sure you tune in for more exciting interviews.